What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast. My name is Daniel. Daytona. Today, we'll, we will be reviewing Geary Boy's new album, Avante, and Don Malik's new album under Ambition Music called Paid in Soul. As usual, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms, and don't forget to give us that five-star rating. Also, for more contents, please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy, and also please support our page on Patreon at patreon.com slash join slash soul underscore therapy. So yeah, so, you know, Gary Boy finally came out with his ninth studio album called Avante, and mm-hmm. he recently uh, dropped uh, a previous album this year called Nine Cut. Yeah. And and I would say this one is pretty much reminiscent of Nine Cut, but it's it has more of the hip hop undertones that we were hoping and we were expecting for. And um, it's a total of 10 tracks. I think in my opinion, I think it's a, uh, I would say a much improved album from nine cut mm-hmm. because it brings back the the core elements of what Geary boy is known and that's hip hop. And so mm-hmm. definitely I loved a lot of the tracks. I think there are some tracks that felt underwhelming or, mm. Not underwhelming, but it just kind of brought back that nine cut kind of mm. atmosphere. And so I think with this album, Avante, I think it's a lot more mature in terms of mm. like what he's talking about. And I think moving forward with his music career, I think that's what he's going to go for in the future. Mm. I think he's going to have a much more mature way of making music and the things that he talks about because it just seems like, you know, with his previous, previous albums, even with nine cut, I just think he's um, now slowly headed in a direction where, okay, let's kind of sharpen our skills a bit and let's kind of be more mature about it and stuff. So the, this, the album has like a very jazzy tone to it too, like a jazzy yeah. hip hop kind of boom bap tone definitely to it. Does. I, and I definitely mm-hmm. like that about this album. Um, you know, definitely my favorite personal favorite track is um, surprisingly Ong Mang Ching Chang. Mm. Um, uh, that was the one with um. Uh, can you describe the track briefly for me? Um, it has like a very um, like an island calypso indie kind of. Yeah, like, that was the last track. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, because the other tracks were like off the singles that we got earlier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ung Mang Ching Chang was probably my personal favorite because I think I don't think it's gonna be like that popular, but also I think it has a very more new style of geary boy to it it's not mm. like the like the singy singy but it's more not, not experimental but it's something that i don't think most people would gravitate towards and i think that's what i like about that song mm. and so that one and also um kurigo tora sota track three which is produced by gray mm-hmm. that one was pretty solid and that was like a boom bap kind of hip-hop track and then the one with Lil Boy and Nafla Naden Opta that was really good mm. and the first track Saja Lion mm. that one was solid and then the one with Jimbo Kurosudo yeah. Anisudo that yeah. one was really good and mm. I just I just love the whole structure of the album it's very mm. reminiscent of not just the album cover but I think just the way Giri Boy goes about this whole album I think it's mm. very mature but also it's taking on a new direction in Mm. terms of where he's going in his music career so you know it's there are some underwhelming songs like um could then could then or like shigongan 
you know, those were solid. They were decent, but you know, I just for the yeah, for the most part, those. Yeah. Um, this is actually a kind of point. Um, I'm not sure how foreign listeners are like um, regarding this, mm-hmm. but you have the entire 10 tracks on your streaming services, right? Yeah, all of them. Yeah, that's not the case for um, domestic services. Mm. Because okay. they were on album pre-cuts. Like, singles are not ex- streamable. Like, they're only oh. streamable as singles. So you can you have to put it in your playlist in order to get the whole entire album experience, which is incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And I this bet. is the case for almost every Kitty Boy album, except for, like, uh, I think the first two. Mm. Like, the singles are not serviceable again. Oh, interesting. Like, you'll have okay. to, you have to, like, you know, put it in the playlist yourself and mm-hmm. see how it goes. Now I did that like every every time like um <laughs> I listen to a Giddy Boy album. Um yeah. This is definitely a sort of return to form. Uh It is, yeah. Because like he went so far away from hip hop. Mm. Like not just hip hop, like he went so far away from rapping, period. Mhm. And um he's a pretty capable rapper i won't say he's like the most mind-blowing rapper out there or that he's the most technical or even the most lyrical but there is a certain style to Kiri boy's music that speaks to a sort of very vulnerable place mm-hmm. in a person's um, psyche i guess yeah um especially uh when when he was like bursting out on the scene a lot of dudes around me liked Kiri boy a lot because it showed it it kind of represented what um the vulnerable side of a 20 years old male from korea would feel like mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. um and not in a very incel kind of way like it was actually kind of like vulnerable in a good way in a way that's sort of introspective and trying to come into terms with some sort of existential crisis yeah. And among all that kind of trying to like figure out romances all the time, like it was a very pop centric kind of character, but with very hip hop ish characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, that Giri boy kind of disappeared for a bit because he was trying to make it wasn't the content that changed, but it just became way simpler and more sing songy. Yeah, and that is not exactly a problem, but because it is sing-songy, the problem is because if you're trying to construct sing-songy kind of tracks, mm-hmm. you have to cut down on the amount of lyrics you have. For sure, yeah. For example, if you're writing a rap track with a decent chorus and stuff like that, you can have still like sixteen bars uh, twice, so that would mean like thirty-two bars every like song. If you're trying to focus more on melody you'll have to reduce those lines significantly, which means there's less room for description, less room for... um, less room to show your pen game, in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I missed a lot about Geary Boy. Like, the dude... Dude's kind of like Kit Cudi in a mixture of Drake, in a sense, a bit. Yeah, When it okay. comes to content. But he's more musically inclined to, I guess, a Kid Cudi, but the stuff he talks about is especially like around like Thank Me Later, So Far Gone era Drake, which means... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't, he isn't drunk off of success, like right. the obnoxious Drake we have now. 
and it was more about that kind of lover's man kind of thing and it's such a sh- it was such a shame because Kiri Boy's while his beat making and melody making is definitely great that was not his strongest suite like mm. I don't know how it seems for foreign fans especially for foreign fans who don't understand Korean but as a person who has always treasured Kiri Boy's lyrics it's like mm, you can do better than this it was always like for that for sure yeah and this, in a sense, I wouldn't say it's perfect, a certain return to form. I wish... Um, he, this rapping here isn't his prime rapping, um, because his flow was always simplistic, but there were some instances where he played with the tempo in a very subtle manner. Yeah. Like, he's trying to like land before the beat this bar and land after the beat the next bar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Almost to the brink of sometimes seeming off-tempo, but not quite. Like, he was really good at kind of that, in Korean, it's called miltang. <laughs> mm, yeah. That, you know, that pushing and pulling subtly so that it doesn't feel like it feels um, kind of solid instead of monotone. But he had a very honest way of rhyming here, if I'm kind of trying to make it sound better. Yeah. Rather than trying to have some subtle kind of groove like that's go again going against the grain, he's really rhyming for like on beat all the time here. For sure. Yeah. So because his style on the surface looked like he was rapping on time before, but with subtle differences, I think listeners will think like, ah, oh, he came back. But I think hip hop heads would probably be like, mm, he's not quite there yet, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see the outcry yeah. from like the real kind of like hip hop. It's not fans. exactly an outcry because this is a step in the right direction. This is a real big step True. in the right direction. But it's like mm-hmm. ah, it's it's just a little bit not enough. But mm. um, lyrically, he's very mature. Uh, in in an almost abstract sometimes um especially the first track the way he writes his lyrics like the entire track has nothing to do with the lion (laughs) Mm. the lion just comes out as a metaphor in the last like refrain right if you think about it so in a sense the title almost has nothing to do with the actual content that is being said in the track so it's almost like a very it's a, it's a very abstract style of approach and and Kitty Boy is not exactly known for that so i think he was trying to like not necessarily appease to the hip hop heads because i don't think he gives a fuck about that anymore it's no, more about yeah. trying to actually write lyrics as self therapy in a sense like he's really yeah. trying to collect some of his thoughts he's this wasn't a album that was focused on hits not because he wants to prove himself artistically i think he's at it at a point in his career or personal life i have no idea where he really wants to sit down and just write out what he's thinking you mm. know what i mean so that was that was that is good uh when mm, a rapper decides to elaborate on what he's thinking what she's thinking it's always a good thing. It means we get more interesting concepts, and that's what For we sure. got here. Right. Um, the production could have been more diverse. Um, I love that he's still keeping that jazz-oriented thing, but mm-hmm. it, it needed to be a bit more interesting for my taste. I would, I'd say it's a pretty divisive album. You know, it's it's not 
No, it's not divisive. Um, divisive okay. would be like some people really like it and some people really fucking hate it. I don't think no one fucking hates this album. It's okay. more like any like everyone is saying like usually when it comes to polarizing albums, like you have one side of the people that saying ah this is a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten, while the other side is going like this is a four. Shut up, you know. Mm. But the consensus seems to be like ah this is a decent seven album on all sides. Oh, it's like kind of just like a okay. This is like a solid album. Like yeah, he's ex- yeah, he's back, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Was there a particular track that you enjoyed? It, definitely the first, like Saja. Okay. Like that was when I knew, huh? He's doing something different from his recent stuff. Naden up that was great. Um, mm. The whole concept about uh, being so focused in the present and not looking back, consequently, kind of gets rid of the concept of a tomorrow was kind of interesting mm. almost philosophical in a sense um and chimbo was great that just music oh, connection I, coming through right there man that feature was great yeah and 그리고 돌아섰다 i liked it because it it was the melody line was subtle like i i mm. never like it when kitty boy really tries to go out of his vocal range he doesn't mm-hmm. sound like he's i'm sorry but he's not a great singer just like Kid Cudi is not a great singer. Okay. You know? Yeah. But when it comes to um bad singers, there are singers that are bad singers, period, but have a great voice. Okay. Yeah, true. And the one thing that those singers should do is to know their range. Mm. If you try to overextend or if you're too afraid to kind of to become too like if you're too afraid and become too subtle, it becomes weird. You need to hit that sweet spot right there. Like this is this is proven through like music history. Like um, if we're striving out of genres here, um, mm-hmm. Lou Reed, all right, rest in peace. For example, mm-hmm. he was a terrible singer. And like when it comes to vocal techniques, when it comes to range, he he's not a great singer at all. Mm. But on his best projects, he knew that it was the vibe that was important. Of course. It was his yeah. tone. Like, it was how to use that shit, which makes him consequently into a great singer. You know what right. I mean? So, um, a lot of hip-hop fans especially are, and a little bit of metal fans too, um, like, just say, like, they always say, like, if you're a bad singer, don't sing. Mm-hmm. I think differently. There are plenty of bad singers that have made great music. Mm-hmm. Even if they're singing. It all comes down to knowing what you are capable of and what you're not capable of. Not creative, not creative like on a creative sense, but on a technical stance, you know? Right. Because when bad singers go out of range, they sound fucking horrible and I want to turn that shit off. Yeah. Or they have there. to rely yeah. on auto-tune. Yeah. But a lot of them don't use it properly. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, um, and uh, I'm striving too much out of here. Um, anyway, Giddy Boy hit that sweet spot with that song. So it was like, yeah. ah, he's back. This is the Giddy Boy that I liked. So mm-hmm. those three tracks, I think, were the best. And then the Dayton Opta, it was definitely a, a reunion with Little Boy and Nafla mm. as they were both on Giddy Boy's squad on Show Me the Money. And so yeah, I that thought too. that was a re- I thought that was really a cool way to bring back that reunion in this. Yeah. 
I would say Nadon Opta is probably the hard hitting, the hardest hitting track. Like in terms yeah, of yeah, just... um, I can definitely see that. And um, Little Boy is on the same crew with Geary Boy, so exactly. Uh, Domain, I think was it. Mm-hmm. Was it Buckwilds or Domain? I'm not sure. It might anyway, have been the first one. I think it's Domain thing. Mm-hmm. Giddy Boy might not be a part of Buckwilds. I'm not sure, but Domain, they're definitely on the same crew. So the crew's name is Domain. So yeah, yeah. So definitely, um, ex- definitely excited that Giddy Boy's back to his you know original form. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is a very solid step, but mm-hmm. adding the elements of maturity into a new project and. I'm just super excited where he's going to continue to go in that route. Hopefully, you know, he comes back with his older self, you know, while being mature with the lyrics and the and the structure of the, like, the I just, and stuff. Yeah, at this point, I want all I want from him is, is to be a little bit more adventurous with his rhyming. Yeah. But keep rhyming nonetheless. So, yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great album. So our mm-hmm. second album is Don Malik. Um, mm. This is his... Wow, his second studio, but his first album under his new Ambition. label called a- Ambition Music. And this caught me off guard pretty surprisingly. Um, I, you know, I I had no idea that Don Malik was signed to Ambition, nor would I have thought that he would sign to mm. Ambition Music. And so, yeah, this album I thought was um, pretty good, uh, despite the fact that I'm not like the biggest Don Malik yeah, fan. Yeah. Like uh, before we actually delve into the review, mm-hmm. um, we have to kind of clear the air a bit. Oh yeah, please do, please. Yes. Do. Um, apparently I never knew this, but mm. I think because Korean hip hop is not that big as of right now in international circles, um, a lot of kind of events kind of tend to go under the radar, and a lot of people still think. That Damalik is a sexual offender. Mm. Yeah, I heard this from um, Up in Soul Therapy, and I was just flabbergasted because the very fact that this he was wrongly accused was actually one of the biggest things in hip hop last year. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest dramas, actually. And uh, Damalik was me too in 2019 or 2020 if my memory is serving me correct um he was charged for sexual assault um the thing is he was not charged <laughs> i know i just said charged but you know what i mean he was accused and he didn't even go to court not because mm. of some judicial injustice mm-hmm. the prosecutors who received the case threw it out what? The reason the reason being so, you need uh, how the judicial system works is that you need to present evidence, of course. But when it comes to accusing, you don't necessarily need evidence. Like even the most dumb basic shit can accuse someone. Yeah. Whether the matter goes to court is up to the prosecutor. The prosecutor threw out the accuser's claims because there was no evidence. Not not a faulty evidence, not some sort of um, like I don't know espionage or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was no evidence at all. You have to have an evidence to present if you're going to have some sort of trial, right? Right. So this isn't even a case where Damalik went to trial and mm-hmm. was 
proven innocent. This was a case where there was no case in the first place. You see what I mean? Yeah, so it it was just pretty much he was just accused. That's it. Yes, accused, but because it was during the height of Me Too season okay. in Korea. And not to take me wrong here, Me Too was a very important movement. Of course. And yes. it was something that should have happened. It should have happened even a long time ago. The very fact that it happened this late is a tragedy. It should have yes. definitely happened. But, and especially if you have listened to this podcast, you know where my political inclinations are kind of are. Mm -hmm. But if there's one case that I'm fully 100% guaranteeing to get behind us being wrongly accused, it's Don Malik's. Mm. So, um, you can search up the whole drama, but I'll just say that there has, like, at the end of the day, the very fact remains he didn't do anything. Mm. Period. So, um, from here on out, people who have been missing out on Don Malik because mm -hmm. either you liked them, you liked him as an artist, but was disappointed in him, or mm -hmm. you were you just flat out didn't even try to bother listening to his music because of this. Please support him and please listen to his music because he's he's one of the most well-renowned rappers in the scene right now and puts out great work. Wrongly accused, they have to be recognized. They have to recognize that they have been wrongly accused. Mm -hmm. And the people who tried to sue him later contacted him again, saying that they want to get on good terms with him again. Like the whole thing is such fucking bullshit. And oh, Don yeah, Malik yeah, yeah. had all the receipts and he posted it on Instagram when this was at the height of everything. All the message boards, all the message shit that went on in this, like all of it. So this is improvement. So let it go. It didn't happen, okay? Now, back to the music with that out of the way. This was great, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I figured you'd like the album. Um, His last album is called The Cactus Flower, Malik The Cactus great Flower. Yeah. yeah, and that, that was, was a, a that was, that out of the many albums I reviewed, that is out, that is, uh, when it comes to Korean hip-hop, that's the only contemporary Korean hip-hop album that I gave a 10 out of 10, if my memory is correct. It's, 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 it's a deserving 10 out of 10. I thought, I thought it was a great album as well. Um, the great thing about that album is that when it comes to production, it's pretty much classic hip-hop. It's not something mm -hmm. that is boundary-pushing. Um, yeah. But I gave a 10 out of 10 because of Domaly's prowess as a rapper. When it comes to MCing. What I look forward to the most, like or not forward, and what I think is the most important in the art of rhyming, in the in the art of emceeing, is that you should be a natural. Yeah, it shouldn't seem forced. You know the whole lyrical miracle mumbo jumbo that a lot of Eminem copycats are doing, like yeah, with the same content. Like you uh -huh. gotta have a lot of different flows, but they're all spitting the same different flow. Like yeah, and they should hate mumble rap and ah, all these new cats like blah 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 blah, and they're all wearing the same tank tops and the snapback backwards and they're all white guys and stuff like that mm -hmm. that's the stuff i hate the most but it is also true that that is a cliche kind of a lot of underground rappers can fall into mm -hmm. just because you're rhyming a bunch of bullshit words and rapping them fast doesn't make you the most dopest rapper in the world of course yeah yeah and even if you do that you need to have some sort of uniqueness to yourself you What's know what that? i mean yeah now 
With that being said, Dom Malik actually understands that the best in Korean hip hop, I think, right as of right now. Wow, big statement right there. Yeah, the two people that I consider that fall into this criteria the best is Kundi Panda and Dom Malik. Mm. The way they rhyme their words is amazing because uh, they don't disrupt the Korean syntactic like syntactic order of how a sentence should be written a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. They don't use a lot of English either. Mm -hmm. But that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they're, but their rhyming is so intricate still. Yeah. Yeah. You can really think maybe it's their natural talent. If they're freestyling this, they're geniuses. And Kundi Panda can kind of can. I'm not, I'm not sure of Domalik. But anyway, you can really see that they really put their effort into writing this shit. It reads so naturally, even just as poetry in a sense. Uh-huh. But the words and rhyming is so intricate. If you say these sentences, a lot of these lyrics, when you're just having a honest conversation, like just in the conversation with someone in real life, it wouldn't seem mm-hmm. off. That's what's so amazing about Damalik. Like, the other person that does this is Essence. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So in a sense, they are the true disciples of disciples of essence in a way Mm. Uh, and in some aspects even better because when it comes to just pure rhyming they might even be better than him it's like um for example nas for example yeah nas is hell of a rhymer but he's not the most intricate rhymer in the game the way he uses those less rhymes and still makes it work is what makes nas such a great rapper yeah but you have people like Joey Badass or people like, um, fuck, um, The Game, for example. The Game is a West Coast rapper, but he's heavily influenced by Nas. Just look at his flow. They're, in a sense, sometimes more intricate with rhymes and they don't mm-hmm. break up the sentences. That's what then makes them a great rapper. So yeah. it's kind of a natural progression of what this style has, like, was always intended as to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And Don Malik is a disciple of that, and it really fucking shows. Like, it does, yeah. What I really like about Don Malik is that every song has this razor-sharp topical approach. Yeah, that's, he, yeah, that's true. He's not yeah. derivative. He's not just mm-hmm. rapping for the sake of it. He has a topic on his song, and he really writes, like, focuses on that topic and finishes a well-constructed song start, from, start to finish. And that's what I was going to mention, because this in this album, it's... Like you mentioned, he has a, a a set topic that he wants to talk about, and if you look at the mm. titles of these songs, it's mm. it, it almost feels like he's giving a story of his life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Um, like there's tracks called Kogi Banchan or mm. you know Soloa or mm. Not an Ambition, Be a Pro. Mm. You know, it's always Soul been, Survivor. Yeah, and it's always been a great element to his music. Um, yeah. Because I'm I'm going to delve really deep into this. Um, Malik the Cactus Flower was very introspective and biographical. Mm. And each song had a metaphor. Like, for example, there was a track called Bomb on it. And it's about... And the bomb is a whole metaphor for, like, the first time he had a creative burst in his adolescence. Like, so fucking poetic. Like, there's a song called Sun Rays, which is about domestic violence that he had to suffer from his father. Mm. Um, So you have these words in the title. Like, the title is the theme word, and he 
expands that concept and makes it into a very concise kind of almost essay each song is. And you put yeah. those essays together and it becomes a very good book kind of thing. Right. Now, Malik the Cactus Flower was fresh, like his first comeback since the whole sexual assault debacle. There's actually a song about it on there on how he tried to suicide because of that. It's a very, oh, it's a, it sounds bright, but it's a very dark album. Mm. And it's just so intricately, that's why it's called the Cactus Flower because he felt like he was on like in the middle of the desert kind of thing. Yeah. I think that was the whole concept. Um, this album is a bit different, both sonically and concept wise. Mm-hmm. The Malik the Cactus Flower was a very personal, personal. album. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, the only song on there that really almost acts like a sort of hip hop anthem is like one or two songs. The rest are very biographic, which makes it great. But you can have the more personal approach and you can have the more anthemic or relatable approach. For example, um, when it comes to narrative, you can either make it focus inwards or you can make it reach outwards. This was more of an album that's trying to like connect the listener on a level. It's not like this is my life. It's yeah. more like maybe you and my life is sort of similar in this way, which, whole, which plays into the whole paid in solo concept because a person who's living in soul will relate to a lot of the shit that he's saying right here oh you know what i mean and this is also a little bit just further than regionalism in a sense because um this the whole album is an homage to paid in full by eric b and rakim that's right yeah exactly there's even a picture of him holding the eric b paid in full album on the cover yeah now being paid in soul is that whole phrase has a ringing to it because soul is what we consider what the 21st century people, like people in this era globally probably, will consider one of the most hyper-capitalistic and hyper-meritocracy-focused folk, states. Mm. Like this is the hub of... Not I won't, I won't really say a real fucking hub, but a very important part of the financial district when it comes to East Asian economies. Um, it's the height of capitalism in a sense. Okay. So, soul. If you're with the word soul, mm-hmm. you're trying to connect with people who are living in soul. Right. With the word paid, you're trying to pay. You're into, you're trying to connect with people who are living under capitalism. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, there is a complete kind of merger between nationality and societal system, like societal construct kind of marriage in it. And mm-hmm. these two sentiments kind of marry into this album very well. So it's all about people who are trying to get by their day and trying to earn the dough in hip hop right. in yeah. Seoul. So, and the way that he, the sounds he used... Like, no matter what, like, there are two sound palettes that really fit in with soul. One is jazz. Yeah. And the other is super electronic cyberpunk shit because of all the neon signs and stuff. This leans into the jazz kind of aspect of it. Um, uh, what I also liked about this when it comes to sound is that um, Dom Malik is known for his boom bap style. Exactly, yep. Yeah, and when he first said that he's going to ambition, I was a little bit worried. 
and a li- not worried. I was a little bit puzzled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was. I was. Con- I was. I was shocked. I was very confused because, mm. um, for example, the Quiet is a great boom bap rapper, right? And he's a great boom bap producer. His this era of creativeness the, of the Quiet has mostly on trap music. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, huh? Why? What would Ambition Music? Do for Dom Malik. Like, none of the other rappers in there exactly play up with Dom Malik's exactly. stuff and stuff like that. Um, So, it had me being a little bit worried because Dom Malik going emo would have been such a tragedy for me. Yeah. And I don't think he would be greatly skilled in making emo rap per se. Mm-hmm. But, turns out it wasn't exactly the case. Like, a lot of the album is consisted of trap drums, yes. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But the samples that are being used are definitely from jazz like influence yeah. like soul influence stuff so in a sense from if you're comparing this to his original album like the, his first studio album which is the cactus flower the only thing that kind of changes is the drums yeah and and having that similar sort of sample palette or i don't know maybe it's a splice i know i'm just saying it for the sake of it it still brings the sense that he hasn't changed that much yeah and the topical, all the his lyrical prowess and technicalities as a rapper is still on full blast here. Like every song has its own topic, like it's literally mm-hmm. talking about the title, and that kind of makes his music a little bit more accessible. It's not super like heady and it flies over your head kind of complex, you know. Mm-hmm. Individual lines may be. But you get a general idea of what the song is about without that much like depth into it. This isn't like a Kimishima triple X record. Yeah. Yeah. So in a sense it kind of makes not in I know I know it sounds stupid, but in a sense it makes sense. <laughs> because yeah. Domalik is looking for I think what Domalik is looking for is not to try to change his music that much, but look for a more accessible platform. For sure, and this to me, this album to me, I like the Cactus Flower more, of course, because yeah, um, I don't give ten out of tens that easily unless it's like a classic record. But this is such a well-made album, just period. Like the flows are great, the hooks are great, the way he's rhyming is great as ever. I I honestly didn't think he would be this good on trap beats. But yeah, fuck. dude, that's what I was gonna say, dude. I was yeah. like, what the heck? Like, because the there's a track called uh Kogi Panchan, that's a straight mm. trap song, and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dude, there's like what the heck? Three or two boom bap traps on this, and the rest of it is in trap drums. And, and that was more surprising the fact that he had more yeah. trap sounds than his boom mm. bap sounds, but he pulled it off, like you said, he pulled it off like, like what the effortlessly. Heck? Like, what, like what did you eat type of thing? Like what did you eat to the point where you could not only rap so well yeah, in boom bap exactly. but in trap as well? And to me, my personal favorite, I kept mentioning a soul survivor. It features Kimion mm. and Fana. Oh my yeah. goodness. Ah, Fana's You got Doom oh. on your record. <laughs> Dude, I got chills listening to the yeah. song. I straight up just got chills when I heard Fana just going off. And this is straight up. I told you this. It reminded me of the alchemist beats yeah like definitely the quiet produce it and i was just like yo this is straight up what i would hear on something on like a griselda record 
was it solely the quiet? I think he did it with someone else. Um, shout out to who it might have it, it might have it might have actually just been the, the, the quiet, executive production. The executive producer was the quiet. Um, and it right. was mixed by the quiet as well. Um, Soul Survivor. No, it's, it's actually all the quiet. Huh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, all the quiet, the quiet. man. Beast. I mean, it's <laughs> he's dude, our Pete Rock. I was, yeah. I was so surprised by how the quiet was able to create something like this you know because he's not used to these types of beats we we know he can make like a really good boom bap beat but not like to this extent not like an alchemist style beats you know um actually the quiet started off with a boom bap career so yeah. this isn't that much of a surprise to me mm-hmm. because he has always been great like there's an instrumental album called the q train and that's oh, that's classic. just classic that's classic, classic period and um he's a very big fan of Pete Rock. Mm-hmm. Like he even had a he even bought a beat from Pete Rock and put it on in one of his albums in Oh, interesting. There's a oh, song that... called uh, It was off of his um One, one Life, Life to, to Live, live album. Yeah, and that's I knew it. there's a joint on I there produced yep. by Pete Rock. Oh, my mm-hmm. I forgot my memory's so bad these days. Sorry to the listeners. Um my I'm on exam period right now I, and my brain know, is on I, I know what it is. I know. My what brain it is. is literally like in a tank of energy drinks. So it's it's called who else? It's called who <laughs> oh, else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else? Nega what's the Korean title for it? Fuck. Um Um But the English translation is who else, so yeah, I need to say this. Sorry, um I need to say this. Um I I'm searching it up right now. Ah, the quiet, the quiet. I have it in my phone anyway. Yeah, this this album was just pure like gold. Like Quayonuga, yeah. Who else? Yeah. It was basically about saying who else will do the shit that I do, but yeah. Um and him being a disciple of Pete Rock really kind of bleeds into his music a lot of the times. Um, he could, he actually produced a couple joints off of Owen's poem three record two, and that mm-hmm. wasn't the new Griselda type kind of thing. Mm, yeah, it was really classic Pete Rock shit. And the song itself is also named named Soul Survivor, and I think that was an homage to Pete Rock as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Pete Rock has an album called Soul Survivor. If I'm not, mm-hmm. yeah, so. And I think the whole thing, like the quiet, I think probably had it in his files. I'm not sure how it went, of course, but mm-hmm. I can see him having this beat already because he's such a big Pete Rock fan anyway. Yeah. And he just named it Soul Survivor, kind of a wordplay. <laughs> like that Soul, Soul is a MF Doom wordplay, by the way. Yeah. And like, huh. Maybe Dominique went through a lot of quiet beats and he was like, ah, oh, this is great. What's the title of this? Soul Survivor. I mean, it, it works. <laughs> and it fucking it works. Really Who cares? Works, yeah. Um, also, like, The Quiet Executive produced this. Exactly. And anytime yeah. The Quiet Executive produces something, I'm I'm in for it. Because <laughs> um, The Quiet has a very, especially when it comes to mixing and engineering, The Quiet has a very weird approach. Um, usually when it comes to these kind of albums, and trap albums as well, you need some dirty mm-hmm. kind of mixing to make it sound staked from. Like the state stuff. Yeah. I think, and a lot of people, like the one thing that's polarizing about The Quiet is the mixing. Not because yeah. he's a bad mixer or engineer, but it's mm-hmm. he he tries to make it as clean as possible. Yeah. And like, sure. He's not into that dirty shit. And I like it personally mm-hmm. because um, 
no, I mean, no one shits on his abilities. It's more about the preference of styles here. Um, I like it a lot because it works better in the Korean market. Mm. And there's are, there are certain elements to clean mixing that has an advantage over dirty stuff is that when it comes to the overall vibe, I think the dirty yeah. what kind of mixing might be better for hip-hop, especially if the beat is very minimalistic. Yeah. But if the mixing is clean, you hear very subtle details. Like, you get to pick up on a lot of details that are going on. Like, you hear a snare that wasn't used to be there, or you hear a different bass line, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And that kind of makes the, makes repeated listens kind of rewarding. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, you, you see a lot of this stuff in, like, um, alternative rock albums or pop albums. I'm not sure if like why not hip hop too, you know? It's true. Yeah. And that kind of subtlety really works here because the beats here are very minimalistic. This is more of yeah. like very sample based and loop based. But that kind of clean mixing gives it another kind of focus. And I think sure. Dama Leak works better on lighter drums and heavier ones. Yeah. Because his tone is kinda of a little bit grating, you know? It's a little mm -hmm. bit gravelly. And it if it's like if it means dirty shit, I'm not saying he does bad on dirty shit because he does it fine. Mm -hmm. But if I have to, if I have to talk about a preference here, like the clean beat kind of makes his tone more accentuated and more unique. Yeah. So, and the way he's really rhyming here, like oh yeah, dude. Oh man. Like he, he hits that sweet spot of like sounding like talking and rapping at the same time, yeah. so it doesn't sound stupid or corny, but. While doing all that, he really knows how to, like, chop up his tempos. Like, sometimes it's very choppy and sometimes it's so smooth. And he does it, like, switches it up all the fucking time. So mm -hmm. it's like, you can't anticipate what he's going to do the next bar. Sometimes, like, his rhymes are placed in a half bar so that it becomes very choppy. Or he has, like, a four-syllable rhyme for the whole bar and then just makes it chunky that way. So he's like choppy, chunky, and smooth all the time. Time on the on the same album, and he's like switching these kind of styles of like it's nothing. Like yeah. the dude was born to rap. <laughs> yeah, no, you you could definitely hear it in yeah. the album. And there's another track actually on that album called "Be a Pro," and that's another one that produced by The Quiet, and it was yeah. also Be a Pro assisted, is amazing. It was also assisted with uh, Prima Vista, who also yeah. helped. And so it that one had like a boom bap slash trap hybrid sound. It had a mm. little bit of both in it. So I thought that was really creative on the Quiet and Prima Vista. And mm. I, I I was kind of like saddened because it was such a short track. It's like only two minutes. It but it's it like a longer. lyrical onslaught anyway. Yeah, so. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. If, no, as long as none I, of that shit. Bars, motherfucker, kind of thing. So yeah, as long as I get like the strong lyricism, I I don't care about the length. As long as yeah. it's. Like you said, as long as slays the beats and it delivers. The Dingle freestyle was great too. Um, yeah. Like, wow. the, dude, the dude is great live, by the way. Like, that is not an anomaly at all. I, mm -hmm. think, I think I saw him once. I mean, I watch so many YouTube shit when it comes to Korean <laughs> hip-hop live, so yeah. I'm not sure whether I was there or I watched it through YouTube. I'm not... Sometimes... I don't remember, especially before COVID. I, I used to go to a lot of shows, so I, it really gets fucked up in my head. But Damalik has never disappointed me live anyway. Yeah. Dude is great live. Like, there's almost no studio engineering involved in his vocals. I know that because he 
he does that shit effortlessly in the live environment anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, this is more a testament on Don Malik rather than this album. Um, this album was great, so listen to it, cop it, whatever. If a physical comes out, cop it. Um, you know how Justice is kind of getting a lot of flack these days for like mm, saying that, yeah. like shitting on VMC for changing lanes and then he, him yeah. kind of switching lanes even in the worst way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the this is a classic like the hero became the villain kind of situation. Yeah. But if Domali makes it huge on ambition and music, he might be the one that's actually kind of realizing Justice's vision. He never went on Show Me the Money for all I know. Oh, true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he gets tons of res- tons of respect from the hip hop scene right now. Hmm. Um. He went through all that sexual assault bullshit. So he yeah. Had, yeah beat that too um it's just isn't this kind of the rapper we were all looking for <laughs> yeah no yeah I if he goes agree. if he becomes commercially successful as well it means that korean hip-hop has come so far you know yeah because i'm not shitting on any other subgenre here but when it comes to chart topping singles Mm-hmm. From the hip hop sphere and the K hip hop sphere, you know it was tailor made for the charts. Yeah. The, aside from the quality of it, like you know it was engineered so that it could do well on the charts. Now this is a hopeful, wishful thinking. But if Domali's stuff actually manages to break the, the charts because through ambition, music marketing and stuff, yeah, he would be almost a reincarnation of Bean Zeno in a more grassroots boom bap type of thing. Damn, that that's crazy. That, that would be incredibly be culturally significant, you know? For sure, yeah. Like, this is the guy who literally didn't use the system in almost any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. He yeah. really made it there with just the music. Yeah. I mean, he, he stepped didn't cheat on... the system. <laughs> like, he stepped on Mike Swagger sometimes and stuff like that, but seriously... Yeah, but that's more... That's, that's, that's a grassroots cultural content. This isn't some exactly, internet bullshit. Yeah. So it's like, ah... Oh, Maybe this might be the 100% hip-hop kit that we have been looking for. Exactly. And I'm not... Because um, I'm not saying like the industry plant thing and everything. Like, I think that whole thing is stupid. I don't care if mm-hmm. you're an industry plant or not. If your music is good, you're good, period. Like that whole like, ah, Billie Eilish is an industry plant. Mwah, shit is corny. Get the fuck out of here. But with all that being said... You need to have these kind of grassroots examples as well. For sure, yeah. Right? It's about mm-hmm. a balance. Like, it's so great to see him to get this. Like, a lot of yeah. people should know more about Don Malik. And I really don't think he's the type to go out and show me the money. I don't think so either. Yeah, this is even more hardcore than, like, 2017 Justice. Yeah, so, oh, wow. That's a, that's a pretty big statement right there. There's a whole yeah. reason because when it comes to like Justice VMC beef, it was Don Malik and VMC's beef first. You know? Oh wow! Like if you look okay. at the whole timeline, Justice kind of stepped in because he didn't what he didn't like what VMC was saying when they were having a dis like a whole beef with Don Malik. Mm. And in a sense, when all of his all of the people surrounding him are switching lanes, Don Malik is staying there. Yeah. Like, even, sure. like, the most well-known, like, grassroots guy, like, the cultural culture, like, the center of the culture guy in Korean hip-hop was Essence. 
Mm-hmm. But even Essence had his supreme team career, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he can do this because he had been commercial before. Yeah. Um, he did start, of course, as a fully underground rapper. Uh huh. He blew up because of Supreme Team, and when he went solo with his whole drama with the label and everything, he kind of denounced his mainstream days. Not directly, but he kind of did artistically. So I think that's why, like, in a sense, he could have been the significance that he is right now. Because that was the maximum amount of the quote-unquote cultural purity we got. Mm-hmm. This might be the better example of it. Yeah, Domaling never went mainstream. Domaling never had chart success. But he's like slowly building his career, coming up and up and up and up. And ambition mm-hmm. music means a lot in this scene, you know? Yeah, for sure. This is great. This is great to see. Like, um, I wish Kundi Panda could have been like that too. Mm. And not shitting on his decision at all. Like everyone has to try to feed themselves and their family. For sure. But he did go out on Show Me The Money. Right? Damali didn't. So it's like, ah, maybe this is where I should have been looking at. Of course, musically, I was always in tune with him, but Mm -hmm. I never considered like when this album came out and I liked it so much. And then I thought back his career. Maybe this is the guy we were looking for all this time. Yeah. And this album is it? I think it's he's proving himself to be a top MC at such a young age. You know, he's yeah, becoming a prodigy, and so like the which is good who, to see. exactly and the features he got, like the Vita features yeah. and stuff like that, like and the hooks he's cool. composing and stuff, yeah. like it's catchy, very right? catchy. Yeah. So it's like he make, he knows how to make great hooks too. So it's like he has so much potential. Like if yeah. he makes it to the top of the charts, not with wow. this album or ten per chance because it's already done. Uh huh. But if he manages to like top this and make something that is so fucking amazing and chart success wise as well, it would be so much for the culture. It for sure, really yeah. would mean that the pie like expansion that Show Me the Money has brought to the hip hop scene really meant something because yeah. this kind of grassroots kind of ascension is now possible. True. Yeah. So I'm looking for that. Yeah. Great Same album. Here, yeah. Great rapper. Support it. Listen to it. When the physical comes out, buy that shit. <laughs> yeah. Dominally, I, I too. Pain and soul. Yeah. I, I too uh, co-signed that. I mm. highly recommend the album. As a person who is not like the biggest fan, but this mm. album definitely grew on me and I co-signed that with uh, Daytona. Definitely yeah. recommend it. Highly recommend it. And yeah. so, yeah, super excited for, you know, his career moving forward as part of Ambition mm. Music. And so, as we begin to slowly wrap up our show, as usual, any artists or tracks that you're currently listening to and would like to share or recommend to our listeners. I'm going to go simple, and we kind of mentioned this so many times because of Show Me the Money. I'm going to go mm. with Jamez, and the song is called N3A07. Mm. It features Stella Jong, and it's off of Jamez's The Pink Album. Mm. And I just love this album, man. It's just so, yeah. the whole vibe is just so comfortable, very easy listening to. And especially this track, it ha- it's produ- partly produced by Dax Hood too, mm. which is uh, really cool to see because yeah. I, I would have never thought that Dax Hood would have... forward produced, I think, in producers here. Exactly. And so mm. this had like this really indie trap sound. It's mm. very mellow because you add... yeah. Yeah, it, it almost feels like a lo-fi trap sound mm. because Stella Jong brings in that kind of like ballad, kind of like mm. R&B tone to it. 
but it's still also at the end of the day a hip-hop song and i think mm. while the pink album is not like the greatest album but i do think it's, it's one a of unique the more easy, one it's a unique but it's also a easy listening album yeah like you can listen to it very comfortable you don't have mm. to like you know feel any or hold any grudges or anything about it mm. it's just a really comforting album list to listen to especially this uh song n3a07 so definitely mm. go check it out definitely check out the whole album it's such a good project mm. yeah okay um a great recommendation go listen to it um mm-hmm. since we were talking about Dal Malik a lot uh mm-hmm. i would i'm going to recommend a song called red over Ooh. it was off of the first album uh the Malik Malik's Cactus Flower yep. This is one of the most impressive lyrical displays I have seen in hip hop history, K hip hop history. No period. Doubt. Not like when it comes to the rhyming, the flow, that's the default. It's fucking amazing. But yeah. <laughs> it has one of the most creative ideas I have seen in a while. Like, I think that was in my like top 10 tracks of 2020 or something, too. I wouldn't be surprised. Top three, Such actually. Top one or top three. Anyway, um, and you have to look at the translation. Like the whole concept of red is so amazing. Um, mm-hmm. He focuses on the color red. Like mm-hmm. this is how you should write an abstract hip hop song. Um, and anything resembling this color red, like he mentions in his songs. And he kind of manages to make a commentary on the whole artist and the listener dichotomy and how like artistic sentiment is... Um, shaped him and in in turn it is being passed on to the listener and is shaping them Mm -hmm. and he makes an allegory to blood and the social media likes which is usually Mm -hmm. a heart that is a red color as well right then it talks about the sun which is kind of orange but you get the kind of idea with them what the blood is so in a sense he gets this whole image of letting out his blood under the sun for likes and it's how his blood is converted into social media likes and stuff like that So he he makes this very philosophical and very interesting writing approach using very intricate metaphors. And he he pulls it off fucking perfectly. Like, it's so abstract, but so relatable at the same time. And the writing is just so intricate. Like, every word is not wasted. There's a reason why that word is there. Like, this is some MF Doom level kind of lyricism here. Like, Aesop Rock kind of shit. Yeah, Ooh, wow, so it's okay. like that's <laughs> when I knew that that song. Like the whole album of Cactus Flower was great, but when I hit that song, and I was like, just... <laughs> I always knew he was a good rapper, but this is yeah. fucking another level. This is like holy shit! You are even way better than I expected you to be. Wow! Like that was when he's on something else. That song made that album a nine out of ten to a ten out of ten. Actually, oh, okay. So, like, if you have the translation, please look up into it. And if not, put it in Google Translator and try to look at yeah, what it is. Definitely, yeah, I agree. When you listen to Don Malik's album, yeah. definitely have the translations. Um, I agree. And, and the hook is like in someone else's perspective or his future perspective, past perspective. I'm not sure. And there, like, there's a personality kind of separation in there. And he kind of portrays it by screwing it down. You know, the mm-hmm. Houston style. So it's like everything about that track is so well thought out. And oh my God, it's just, ah, uh-huh. oh, like this is the type, this is prime hip hop. This is prime hip hop, you know? 
Yeah. Like, this is what hip-hop is all about. This is what made me fell in love with the genre and still love it now. Still love it now. So definitely check this track out. Um, The whole album, actually. Like, just look through the entirety of Domali's discography. Yeah. There's not much because of that period he had of mm-hmm. disappearing from the public. But definitely check it out. And fuck it. I'm, I'll say it again. Listen to Red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but please do comment and let us know what you think of today's topic. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please go and subscribe to our podcast on all platforms and please give us that five-star rating. If you want more K-Hip-Hop contents, go check out Daytona's Instagram at mykdaytona underscore Daytona for K-Hip-Hop album reviews and also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy. Thank you guys so much and see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.